Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Hey, if I hadn't had the opportunity to meet you yet, my name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. So seriously, it really is an honor for us to be able to worship with you, whether you're here in person or, or watching online. We get fired up uh, around Easter, thinking about what Jesus has, has done for us. Uh, I, I don't know, Kat, if you, if you ever get to know Kat, you'll realize Kat is a huge movie buff. I mean, she loves movies. She's one of those people that at the beginning of the year, uh, she gets this like five-gallon bucket of popcorn that like, if you go back, you only have to pay a dollar. And so if you ever want to go to the movies, go with Kat. She gets the free popcorn. You can sit with her, eat all the popcorn you want. Uh, but she loves movies. And, and it, it began to it really dawn on me. I, that's something that over these past few years, maybe you've missed out on movies going to the actual movie theater. But watching a movie in the movie theater is just better. Okay, I know we can stream from any device, any movie instantly in your home, but being in the movie theater is, is better. The screen is better. The surround sound is better. The little uh, recliners, leather with the cup holder in it, those are better than my seats in my den. Uh, the popcorn is for sure better. I understand it costs $17 for a small, but it is better. It is, I've tried every kind of popcorn in my microwave. It is better at, at the movie theater. Uh, but, but when it comes to movies, really there, there are two types of moviegoers that are in the room right now. There are the people that will find out that a movie starts at seven o'clock and you will show up at seven o'clock because you know showing up at seven gives you time to get your popcorn and get your drink and go to your assigned seat before the actual movie begins. Or there are people like me that understand that if the movie starts at seven o'clock, I need to be there at 6.45 because I gotta get in line and get my popcorn and fish the candy that I've smuggled in out of my pants pockets. And <laughs> got some sinners, nervous laughter here. <laughs> get that out of my pockets. I wanna get seated because at seven o'clock, the previews start. And like, that's the best part, right? I mean, I, I don't wanna go to the movies if I don't get to see the previews first, like if I miss that, I feel like I've missed out on, on so much. And that idea is really where I got the idea for this Easter egg theme. Um, because everyone knows the, the big movies on Easter, right? The, the stories in the Bible that every church talks about every single year, right? It's, it's, it's Easter, Easter returns and return of the Easter. However you wanna do it, it's a trilogy. It's, it's the Lord's Supper, every church talks about that. It's Palm Sunday. Every church talked about that last Sunday. And then it's today. It's, it's Easter Sunday. The tomb is empty. It's Resurrection Sunday. And that's the main movie. That's the main scene that we talk about today. And we're going to talk about that today. But, but I don't want you to miss the previews. Because there's actually a lot of stories in the Bible that, that lead up that are a part of the Easter story, a part of this season that we celebrate together. That, that if you miss, like you're going to miss 
a big part of it. There are hidden stories, small details, little Easter eggs that are hidden throughout the Passion Week, throughout this story of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection that I want to make sure that, that we hit. And that's what we've been doing here at Revo the last few Sundays, talking about these lesser known but just as significant stories that, that make up this Easter story. And so before we get to the main movie, I want to show you a, a couple of previews uh, today. And it seems like if, if you look at the story of Jesus and, and the story in, in Scripture of, of him dying and raising to life, really if you look at all three and a half years of his ministry, there's, there's one guy that seems to be in every preview. <laughs> one guy that's in almost every story leading up to Jesus' death on the cross. It was, it was one of Jesus' disciples, a man that goes by the name of Peter. Now, now Peter is no stranger to Jesus, no stranger to the Christian story. Uh, Peter was a guy that quit his job to follow Jesus. I mean, he was, he was working as a professional fisherman on a boat one day. Jesus came up to him and says, I want you to come and follow me. And this guy, the Bible tells us, this guy literally dropped his nets, no two-week notice, dropped his nets and followed Jesus. Looked at his boss and said, mail me my final paycheck. I'm not coming back here. I'm leaving with this guy. Dropped everything just to follow Jesus. And Peter had a really wild ride. Unfortunately for Peter, you recognize his name, not because of all the great things that he did. <laughs> Peter became famous in the story of Jesus because of all the dumb things that Peter did. Those are the mistakes that he made, the things that you know left you scratching your head, the things that everybody else in the story was like, oh man, I'm glad I didn't do that. I'm glad that's, that's him and not me. But all of these act as, as previews for what Jesus ultimately does on Easter. So I wanna, I wanna share with you a few previews as we, as we get ready to set the scene for the main text that, that they all involve Peter. Remember when, when, when Peter decided that he was in the boat with the disciples, it was storming and he looks out into the water and he, decide, he sees Jesus walking on the water. And, and Jesus uh, is walking towards the disciples and I guess Peter's like scratching his eyes or rubbing, he's like, is that? Is that Jesus? And maybe some of the disciples were like, no, nah, that can't be Jesus. That's not Jesus. And Peter's like, no, nah, I think that's Jesus. And, and Peter calls out to Jesus and he says, Jesus, if that's you, then, then let me come out and walk on the water with you to prove to these guys that this is Jesus. Now, I can think of a lot of different ways that I could have asked Jesus to prove that it was Jesus. Like, if you're Jesus, tell me my middle name. And if he said Nathan Cooper Klein, I'd be like, all right, boys, that's him, right? But Peter's like, just to prove that you are who you say you are, tell me that I can come out and walk on the water. And Peter was like, tell me and I'll do it. And Jesus was like, all right, come do it. And Peter began, if, the, if you're the disciples in the boat, I'm gonna tell you exactly what I'm doing. I'm pulling my phone out because this is gonna be on TikTok right here. <laughs> Look at this, we're going live. This cat is getting ready to step out this boat in the middle of a storm. Peter steps out of the boat, starts walking on water. He's the hero, right? For about a verse he is. Because after a verse, Scripture says that he took his eyes off of Jesus and he began to look at the waves and the storm that was raging. And Scripture says Peter began to sink. And what did Jesus have to do? He had the lifeguard right there, Baywatch, and grab him and save him. Man, can you imagine Peter's probably flailing his arms and screaming and drinking seawater and choking and crying out for his mom. And Jesus reaches down and is like, really, Peter, really? Like, let me pick you up like a baby and carry you back to the boat. 
Scripture says he got, he got Peter back into the boat. The storm stopped and like Peter's no longer hyperventilating. He looks up at Jesus and Jesus is like, really? <laughs> all of that, all of that flailing? You are Mr. Drama out there, man. And he looked at him and said, why didn't you have more faith? Peter, the one that wasn't willing to trust Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's what we remember and know Peter for. Then, then you remember this, a few days before Jesus dies, Jesus gets all of his disciples together in a room. He sits down, it's a real solemn moment. And he looks and says, hey, here's the deal, guys. There's somebody in this room that's gonna betray me. One person in this room is gonna walk away from me, even though we've been rolling together for three and a half years. One person is going to deny that they even knew me. You know who the first person to speak up was? <laughs> Your boy, Peter. Peter says, nope, not me. No way, Jesus, not me. I am not gonna turn my back on you. You are my ride or die. We're going all the way to the end. Guess what happens? It was Peter that publicly denies Jesus three different times. And the disciples look over and be like, really, Peter? Come on, man. You did exactly what you said you would not do. Even though you promised Jesus, you would not be the guy. What was all that ride or die talk, right? I thought y'all were supposed to be boys and together until the end. And you are the one that got intimidated and fearful and denied Jesus, denied that you even knew him. And that became another preview in the Easter story, another thing that Peter was known for. Just a few days pass and the setting is Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus knows he is getting ready to be crucified, getting ready to be arrested, get a gruesome death on the cross. And so he pulls his three closest disciples. He pulls Peter, James, and John and says, all right, boys, look, man, my heart is heavy, burdened. I understand the purpose and the plan that God has in front of me. So I'm gonna walk over here and I'm gonna pray. Would you guys do me a favor? Would you guys just be willing to take a minute and pray for me? I mean, it's my darkest hour right now. I mean, I've never asked you to do this. You can tell, man, that this is weighing on me. You guys don't understand what I'm getting ready to face. And he looked at Peter and said, Peter, would you commit to stay here and pray? And Peter says, you know I will. I'm your boy. You know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be praying right here, man. I'm gonna have my hands folded, my eyes closed, on my knees. Well, he had his eyes closed, all right? Because the Bible tells us that 30 minutes later, Jesus left to pray, came back. And what was Peter? What was Peter doing? Crying out fervently to God? No, he was asleep. And Jesus taps him on the shoulder. He's like, really, bro? Really, Peter? You got one job, man. One thing I asked you to do. I never asked you to do anything. One job that I asked you to do. And you couldn't do it. Peter's like, won't happen again. I'm wide awake right now. Let's pray. Jesus goes off 30 minutes later, comes back. What is Peter doing? Sleeping. <laughs> really? Wakes him up. Jesus goes back, prays again. Third time, he comes back and wakes Peter up. Peter was sleeping. But the third time that Peter was woken, Jesus had to wake him up for a reason. Because we see the, the next, the final preview before we get to the Easter message, we see what Peter does next. The reason why Jesus has to wake Peter up is because Judas just walked into the garden. And scholars tell us that Judas came with approximately 600 Roman soldiers all to come onto the garden and arrest Jesus. I don't know if they thought something was gonna go down or what, but Judas brought everybody. And Jesus taps Peter on the shoulder and said, get up, now's the time. Look who's walking into the garden right now. Look, look what is happening. 
Peter was there, James, John was there. In fact, John writes the story down. He was an eyewitness to what we were getting ready to read uh, today. And, and he saw it and, and, and then went and wrote it down. In John chapter 18, we see what happens when Judas and, and all these 600 soldiers come into the garden, handcuffs in their hands to get Jesus, arrest him and take him to the cross to be crucified. Peter, this is it. The, like it's you and Jesus, it's your, side by side. Peter, you've dropped the ball so many times. What are you gonna do, Peter? Now, now's your time to shine. And, and, in, and in the book of John chapter 18, we see what Peter does in this moment. Jesus getting ready to get arrested, surrounded, handcuffs, all the bad guys are there. And in verse 10, then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest slave. But Jesus said to Peter, really? Really, bro? Put your sword back into his sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? Jesus is like, Peter, God's got a plan. I told you this was going to happen. I knew I was going to get arrested and I would give my life for the sins of humanity. I knew this was going to happen. You're trying to ruin it, man. Why you got that knife? In the King James, or I looked up what the King James Version says. Here's, here's what King Jimmy, here's how he wrote it. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest. When's the last time you smote somebody? That's what, that's what Peter did. Four previews from Jesus and Peter's relationship leading up to the greatest story that was ever told. And I gotta be honest with you, I like Peter. Like, I don't know if you read the stories of the Bible. I don't know if you, if you see yourself in Jesus. I don't see myself in Jesus. I see myself in Peter. You need friends like Peter. It's amazing, Peter's life, he was able to have a front row seat to three and a half years of Jesus's ministry. Think about what Peter saw. Peter saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. Peter saw Jesus take a little boy's lunch and feed 5,000 people with it. Uh, Peter saw Jesus show up to a wedding and turn water into wine. Jesus has done some amazing things, has always provided, always made a way, like no way, he's undefeated up until this point. And Peter has had a front row seat to that. And yet here we are in John 18, here's Peter pulling a knife out when things go sideways. Like you, you need friends like Peter. You need friends that are like, Jesus, here's the deal. I trust you, I love you, but if somebody steps to us, I will cut somebody. <laughs> like, do you have friends like that? They're saved up until a point, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I know Jesus, but I remember what it was like before I met Jesus and I can quickly go back. Like you step to my Jesus, you're gonna catch these hands, man. And so Peter, when he's given a moment, takes a sword out from underneath his robe. Can you imagine what the disciples thought? Did you know that Peter had a sword? How long do you think Peter has had that sword? How many times have we been asleep and Peter was up and he had a sword? Like the other day, I was noticing Peter and it was like he was walking and he couldn't bend his leg, his right leg. I thought that was an old football injury. That's a sword that he had under his robe. We're with Jesus and he's got a dagger and he's worried about it. And when things get sideways, he pulls it out and chops a guy's ear off. Mike Tyson takes the thing right off. Now listen, you cannot convince me that Peter did that on purpose. 
You cannot convince me that Peter was good enough with a sword that he was able just to slice a guy's ear off and like wink at him and be like, you try something else and see what happens. I guarantee Peter, now it doesn't say this in the Bible, this is a Nathan Klein version. I guarantee Peter got that sword out and he got it back and he just closed his eyes and just swung as hard as he could. And he's like, hey, Jesus, I fell asleep in the garden. I ain't asleep right now, bro. I am feeling frisky. These guys are stepping up to us. I'm getting ready to handle the situation. I am not going to let you down a fourth time, Jesus. I got this. And he takes this sword out and swings it as hard as he can. And scripture says he, he lopped this guy's ear off. I like Peter. <laughs> like I, I relate to Peter. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot like Peter in my life. But I want you to see how Jesus responded. I don't know if how you would have responded if you were in a jam and one of your boys stepped up and pulled a knife out of their pocket and chopped the guy's ear off to protect you and to stand up for it. I don't know, some of you guys may be like, that's what's up. Like, that's right. That's what I need my friends to do. Like, that's what I need you to do when I'm in a jam. You come get me out of it. I, I, Jesus responded in a very different way. I don't know if Jesus looked at, at, at Malchus, like, because this is what, if I was Jesus, I'd have looked at Malchus. You got your ear chopped off? That's what you get. Like, y'all been trying to arrest me for years now. I've not done anything wrong. I'm an innocent man. And y'all gonna come roll up in the garden, 600 people deep, trying to arrest me and intimidate me in front of my friends. It's about time somebody got cut. It's about time somebody lost an ear. It's about time you got some consequences. That's not what Jesus said. Look, look at what Jesus said. Read it in Luke 22. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and he healed him. Jesus looks at Peter after he chopped the guy's ear off and said, really? Again? I'm gonna have to clean your mess up again? You remember the water and you tried to walk on it and I had to save you there? Remember the time where I asked you to pray and the only thing you did was sleep? Remember that time where you swore up and down that you wouldn't deny me and you did three times? How many times am I gonna have to bail you out, Peter? How many times am I gonna have to fix your mistakes, Peter? How many times am I gonna have to come to your rescue, Peter? See, when I read what Jesus did here in this text, it's a great reminder of maybe a, a hidden aspect, an Easter egg of the Easter story that maybe you haven't thought of in a while. But when you think of Easter, I want you to think of the God that gives second chances. It's all over the story. How many second chances did he get? How many second chances he gave Peter? Here's the reality. I need some second chances. God has given me countless second chances. God gave Peter countless second chances. And I don't have to know you very well to know that you are in need of some second chances. Peter slices a guy's ear off and Jesus looks and says, Peter, I will fix your mess. Literally, I will fix what you broke. Peter, you did wrong and it was your fault, but I'm gonna make it right. I'm gonna step in. And in order to make sure Peter doesn't get flogged and beaten and arrested and killed, Jesus writes the wrong. Now that might make a lot, make, might make a lot of sense to you because Peter and Jesus were boys. They were real close. So friends, helping out other friends, sure. I guess, and somebody do something for me, I'll bail them out, I'll, I'll, I'll help them, I'll, I'll return the favor. You scratch my back, I'll, I'll scratch yours. But I want you to pay attention to what Jesus did to Malchus. 
Because scripture doesn't just say that he bailed Peter out and righted the wrong. In, in that verse, it says Jesus stepped in and he picked up Malchus's ear off the ground. Come on, man, they're, they're in a garden, so you know there's dirt on it. You know there's probably a piece of hair that Jesus is trying to get off. He's probably looking back at Peter. He put that sword up, bro. <laughs> he walks up to Malchus. He's like, listen, man, I'm sorry about that. They didn't know. I knew he had a sword because I'm, I'm the son of God and I know everything. But nobody else knew he had a sword. First time he's ever swung that thing. So just be glad that it was just your ear. And scripture says that Jesus, he didn't say he spit on it, but he probably did. And he walked up to Malchus. Let me put that back on for you. Jesus restored Malchus. Now here's the crazy part. Malchus is on the other team. Malchus is one of the dudes with the handcuffs in his hands. He's one of the people that has been trying to corner Jesus this whole time. He's the one that's been spreading false rumors about Jesus. He, he's the one that's lying about Jesus. He's the one that's, that's like rallying all the crowds. He's the right-hand man to the high priest. The high priest would have literally said, hey, this is on you, man. This is your mission. You need to go get Jesus. And Malchus rallies the, the troops and shows up like SWAT team style and gets in front of Jesus and he gets his ear cut off and Jesus says, let me help you with that. I bet you didn't see that coming. Because Jesus is not only the God of second chances for people that love and follow him, but he's the God that gives second chances even for those that are far from him. Scripture says, even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even while we were still on the other team, even while we were still Malchus, looking for a way to betray and run from God, to move in the opposite direction of what God has called us to, even when we were there, that character in the story, Jesus died for you. So not only does Jesus bail out Peter, but he was willing to look at the man that came to arrest him under false accusations and say, hey, I'll give you a second chance too. I'll make you whole again too. I'll right this wrong for your benefit too. There's four previews to the Easter story that set up this, this main event that we see, the empty tomb, Jesus is alive in Mark chapter 16. And here's how the story unfolds. Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, the first Easter Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who's gonna roll away the tomb, the tomb for us from the, the entrance, the, the door? But, but as they arrived, they looked up and they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in white sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Look, look, this is where they laid him and they showed him the bed and like the, the bed's made. There's nobody here. There's nobody in this bed. 
right now. And in, in verse 7, he says, now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. Surprise, everything Jesus said was going to happen, happened. All the promises that Jesus made, they came true. God delivered in that moment. And I'm sure you've heard that story before if you ever hung out at a church on Easter. You've, you've heard, you know, the empty tomb and the angels. And then there was the three women and the three women run. They get, the three women get to preach the first Easter sermon of all time. They run and go tell the disciples. And the disciples are like, no way. Like, you know the story. But did you catch that detail in there? There's an Easter egg hidden in verse seven. And I, I, I wanna read it to you again because it, it has everything to do with this story that, that God is trying to tell then and the same story that he's trying to tell today. He says, now, now go and tell his disciples, including Peter. Oh. Don't leave Peter out. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son to die on the cross so that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God had this whole thing planned. He knew the women would be there on Easter Sunday. He knew the, the tomb would be rolled away. He knew that Jesus was gonna be raised. Jesus, or God knew that he was gonna send an angel to tell the women. He knew the message. And here's what God did. He said, I wanna make sure that you know that God has a message for one man, including Peter, ladies, look, there's, there's nothing here. There's no one here. Jesus is arise. He's, he's not here. He is risen from the dead, just like he said he was. Now, it's your job. Y'all gonna go tell him. All right, you got the words right? There's the script. Point one, two, three, closing. Tell the disciples, but hey, whoa, 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 before you leave. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, ladies, ladies, ladies. Make sure you tell Peter. God's got a message that he wants to make sure that one of the team hears. Tell all of the disciples, including Peter. The angel said, I want, I want to make sure that you tell Peter that he will not be remembered by the mistakes that he made. That will not be his legacy. That God is going to give him a second chance. Make sure that when you roll up and that all the disciples are going to hear, but if Peter is not in there, if he's in the bathroom, you better wait till he gets back in the room. Do not tell anybody if Peter's not there. Here's what's going to happen, man. Everybody's going to be in there and Peter's going to say, hey, that message is for you guys, but it's not for me because I betrayed him and I fell asleep and I cut a dude's ear off and I almost drowned in the sea. And I know he's not talking to me. He's giving me a bunch of chances. He's talking to you guys. So you guys go ahead. And the angel said, man, you better make sure you tell Peter and you better include his name. You, you better make sure that Peter knows that even when he was not faithful, that God was faithful. Make sure he knows that. Make sure you remind him of that story. Go tell Peter his life is not over. He's feeling like his life is over. Like he is, he is below the dirt right now. Like he is, he is mud in everyone's eyes after everything that he has done. But you make sure Peter knows that God said, tell Peter that Jesus is alive. Tell Peter. The angel said, be sure to include the person that is going to feel the least worthy of the news and tell him that he's actually one of the most worthy to hear that Jesus gives second chances. And in, in that moment, we see one of the hidden stories of Easter. And here's why I love that phrase so much. Here's why including Peter is so powerful. 
Because if that invitation from God includes Peter, then it includes you and it includes me. Because we are Peter. The one that denied, the one that ran away, the one that sinned, the one that did what we swore up and down we would never do again, the one that made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. And no matter how hard we tried and no matter what good we tried to do, it ended up just being cutting the dude's ear off when that wasn't God's plan. And I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I'm just like, I don't deserve this. I'll sit this one out, God. Like, hey, if you never do anything for me, if the invitation is not open for me, if I don't get to walk through the door, then honest to God, that's what I deserve. And this text says, tell Nathan, make sure Nathan knows that Jesus is alive. Make sure that Nathan knows his sins are forgiven. Include Peter in this message. And that is the invitation for you that today includes you. No matter how you've been, where, how far away from God, no matter how, where you've been going in your life, how many times you've turned your back, Peter got a second chance. Nathan's got a lot of second chances. And there's an invitation for a second chance for you. So here's what I wanna challenge you with today. Here, here's the next step. I mean, maybe that's the, the first time you've ever heard that story. We had somebody in our 930 service that said they haven't been to church in like 15 years. First time they've been to church. Maybe that's you. It's like, I've been to church, but it's been a long time. Uh, maybe you got questions about who God is and what, what we're singing about and why, why would these people show up on Easter and talk about this guy from the Bible and Peter and Jesus and resurrection. Like, what does all this mean? I got a gift for you. No strings attached. Uh, out on the exits at our connection bar and right here beside the stage, we got a present for you just from our team. Trust me, there's no homing devices on it. We're not gonna follow you out to your car. Uh, we're not gonna show up at your house. You can have it. We will ignore you on the way out. Unless you wanna talk, we'll talk. <laughs> Inside that is some Revo swag. It's just a thank you from us just for being here today. But there's an important resource in there. It's a small book entitled The God Questions. Because I know everybody in here has got questions about God. And the good thing is like, you're not alone. If you've still got questions about God and Jesus and this whole Christianity thing and who is he and what he's done for me, you have the same questions that everyone in this room either has or at one time had. And I got good news. We can give you some answers. God has answers for your questions. And so if that's you and you're like, man, I, I'd love to start a relationship with Jesus and want some info about that. I know I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I got questions about this whole God thing. Then that's your next step. We don't want anything from you. Uh, we're gonna pass the offering. No, we're not. We're gonna have offering baskets at the, at the back before you leave. That's not you. That's, like, that's home team, right? We give if you're home team at Revo, but if you're a guest, this is our gift for you, man. And here's what I want you to do. Just give it a shot. Just open up that book and see if those aren't some of the same questions that you have and see how God answers them. Let's do the Gimme Five Challenge. I'm telling you, you don't know what God wants to do in your life. You don't know God's plan. Peter had no idea what God's plan was for his life and how he was orchestrating even the bad things all together to reach a climax that said, including Peter. And today might be the day where you realize all of this comes together. God was working all things together for the good. And you're gonna see it for the first time over the next month, just by showing up. Would you commit to do that? Because you never know what God wants to do. You never know how God's gonna speak to you. You never know what doors he's gonna open. You never know how you might 
meet God and understand who he is for the very first time, just sitting in a room and singing and opening up the word and figuring out what all of this means. Here at Revo, everyone has a next step to take. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, how long you've been a member here, everybody has a next step to take. And I want you to take yours this morning. And we wanna help you in any way that we can. We'd love to hang out with you at the connection bar after the service, or there's those red cards in front of you to let you know what, what your next step is. Everybody has a next step. But the thing I want you to leave here remembering today is that when that angel preached that first Easter message and said, I want you to look at the failure I want you to find the one that never did the right thing. Find the one that's known for all of the wrong reasons. And I want you to look him in the eye and say, this is for you. You are invited to the party. This invitation has your name on it. That same invitation that stood to Peter is the same one that issues for you today, that Christ died for the forgiveness of your sins. And that if you would just believe in him, your life could be changed now. I mean, our team's been praying about that for weeks. We knew you were gonna be here, not in a stalker way, but like we just knew you were gonna be here. And we've been praying for you that God would speak to you in a real way and that you'd have a real encounter with him. So let me pray. We're gonna pray expecting God to speak to you right now and let you know the next steps that you need to take. God, thank you for this story. The ultimate comeback. God, thank you for every little detail, every little phrase that points to the fact that you knew what you were doing the whole time. You were pulling the strings together. When, when everything looked bad, when, when our backs were up against the wall, you were in total control. And that in your way, your perfect timing, you would bring all of it together so that we could see that the only way back to the Father is through the Son. Say, God, thank you. Thank you for that promise. Thank you for the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy and the first and the second chances and the third and the fourth. Thank you for the example of Peter. Thank you for including us in the Easter story and your plan to redeem the world. God, give us the wisdom to know what to do with the words that we have just heard. That's in your son Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.